There are days when a fraction of a cent gain in corn feels like a big win for the market. And today was one of those days. Soybeans, wheat, and corn clawed back from early session losses to close on the plus side of unchanged. Cattle complex was mostly lower, with lean hog futures mixed to end the day. Live from the absolute last show in January via Farm Journal broadcast, this wow. is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll talk with Robin Schmall from agmarket.net. And directly following the news, Todd Bubba Horwitz from BubbaTrading.com. I'm a handsome newsman, Davis Michelson. Now, say hello to the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. Nearly done with January 2024. Amazing. I would say, well, yeah, we're we're done trading commodities in January. Anyway, Yes, we are. That's right. We're over it. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Boy. That went by in a hurry. All right. Welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That mm-hmm. is Davis. Uh, it's report day. Cattle inventory report was just mm-hmm. released at the top of the hour. And Robin Schmall from agmarket.net is mm-hmm. going to be taking a look at the report, getting a little bit deeper into the detail. He's got another 11, eh, call it 10 and a half minutes before we get him on the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got a little bit more time to take a look at this. But just uh, the rough read that I've put on it uh, since the report was released, the all cattle and calves down 2%. Now, that's a rounded number from USDA. So maybe it's it's a little bit different than that. We'll find out. All cattle and calves uh, uh, down 2% on January 1. The trade was expecting down 1.8%. So right in line with trade expectations. Beef cows that have calved down 2%. Uh, the trade expectation was down 2.5%. Milk cows uh, that have calved down slightly. That was basically what was expected in the report. And then the beef replacement heifers down 1%. Uh, trade was looking for something a little closer to steady with year ago hmm. on the beef replacement heifers. But I don't know what was going on with that number because there was the top of the range was up 4%. Hey, who's thinking? Oh. I, I, I should okay. take a look at it, but I don't know who was thinking that. Yeah. But uh, I haven't seen any evidence that would suggest that we were going to see a beef replacement have, uh, number that was up that much. So beef yeah. replacement heifers down 1%. Uh, we'll get to some more of the details with that with Robin coming up. We got Bubba coming up. We got yeah, a man. lot happening on today's show, dude. Let's do it. Let's do it. I've got March soft red winter wheat futures following yesterday's upside reversal with an inside trading day. Front month SRW opened on session highs and posted a low-range close with prices pivoting around the $6 level. Early session pressure was limited by a slide in the value of the U.S. dollar, but the dollar index pushed back to the upside in late trade yeah. to limit buying interest in ag commodities. The latest update from the U.S. ag attaché in Ukraine says the country is utilizing Black Sea ports and alternative export routes and is on pace to export the vast majority of its harvest. The supply from Ukraine will likely continue to be a weight on the market. March HRW wheat futures eight and three quarters lower, six twenty-two. March SRW wheat down ten and one quarter cents to five ninety-five and a quarter. March spring wheat closed at six ninety-two and a quarter. Chip, that's down seven and one half cents today. Yeah, and the other thing that happened uh, at one o'clock was we got word that the Federal Reserve was keeping interest rates unchanged, and the language in the uh, in the the release suggested that maybe it was time to back away a little bit from all the talk 
mm. about lower interest rates. Who knows? Maybe that helped uh, the grain markets come back and close on the plus side. Yeah. Well, Chip, March corn opened slightly lower and gave back about half of yesterday's gains by mid-morning. Front month corn then rallied back to close near session highs and a tick above resistance at yesterday's high. Ethanol production in the weekend of January 26 averaged 991 barrels per day. That's up 173,000 from the previous week when production was slowed by sub-zero temperatures across ethanol country. While the latest week's production was up 21.1% from the previous week, still 3.6% below the same week last year. Ethanol stocks in the week plunged (laughs) 1.545 million barrels, the second largest weekly drawdown of ethanol stocks on record. March corn futures a half penny higher, 448 and a quarter. May corn slipped one quarter of one cent to 458 and a half. July corn futures closed at 466 and a half, down three quarters of one cent, Chip. Yeah, really slowed down the production pace, but we still had to get product in position. So mm. had to take ethanol out of stocks in the, in that last week of January there. March bean prices opened steady and traded moderately lower at mid-morning before rallying to close near session highs and a tick above resistance at yesterday's high. The inability to press corn and bean prices lower at mid-morning likely triggered another round of short covering. Soybean meal futures traded solidly higher, while soybean oil erased moderate mid-morning losses to end near session highs. Traders are taking note of a hot and dry forecast for Argentina and parts of Brazil as a positive for bean prices. March beans three and a half cents higher today, twelve twenty-two and a quarter. May beans up a nickel, twelve thirty-two and three quarters. July beans closed to twelve forty-one and three quarters. Chip, that's up five and a half today. Yeah, meal continues to be the leader in that market. March meal today up five dollars and thirty cents. March cotton thirty-nine points higher, eighty-five seventeen. On your livestock's cattle complex, traders continue to position for today's cattle inventory report. April fats a buck five lower, one eighty seventy. March feeders down a buck seventeen and a half to two forty fifteen. And on the snout side, April lean hog futures seven and one half cents lower, eighty four eighty two and a half. The June contract up fifteen ninety seven ninety. Chip. All right, thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Todd Horwitz, BubbaTrading.com. How you doing, Bubba? What's up, fellas? Well, I tell you, we got uh, we got through January with no change to interest rates, but yeah. Chairman Powell seems to be backing away from the idea that rates need to be going lower sooner than later. Thoughts? Well, again, if you if you believe the numbers that they report every week, the GDP and all the other garbage that they give you, then there's no way that they can cut rates. If the economy is truly improving, which we all know it's not, but if they're going to report that it's improving, it's kind of an embarrassment to have to cut rates yep. if everything is going full steam ahead, which is what they're telling us. But it was exactly. pretty obvious that they cannot cut rates if they're going to continue to report better inflation. I mean, they're telling us inflation is lower than it was in November, okay, which is ridiculous. But, again, that's what they're reporting, so there's no way the Fed's going to cut. And I think that the markets are going to react to this, and this could be the actual turn of the markets because this entire – 40% rally we just went through was based on cuts coming in March. Now, again, obviously, it's not a final score. They can change their mind. Anything can happen. But this could create some grief, which should hopefully push some new money into the grain markets. And, and I had news for you. The corn and bean close today was pretty good. Weak right. a little bit weak, but overall, not bad. Yeah. Yeah, you're darn you, – you got my attention when you say that this could be the – you've been talking about this turn. Now, hold on. 
for a long time, Bubba. Yeah, uh, and again, it's going to come. We just don't know what's going to be the trigger. <laughs> and again, you take a forty percent rally, yeah, based on rate cuts in March, and all of a sudden they say no rate cuts in March. You could see some panic. Now, right now, we're just down a little bit. I mean, again, the yeah. Nasdaq's down three hundred, but that's less than two percent. So it's not like it's a crisis. But if this selling continues, you could see these equities break, which would bring some new money into the grain markets. And, and based wow. on their action today, because. Earlier this morning, they were down pretty good, and now they're back towards up or, yeah. or a little bit higher, and that's a pretty good sign. Darn right. Darn right. Good stuff, Bubba. Thanks, man. Uh, I'll be thinking about Thanks, you brother. as we watch these equities trade here and see if we do see some I hope, I hope they thrash them. <laughs> I hope they thrash them, baby. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> All right. That is Todd Horowitz, BubbaTrading.com. We got Robin Schmall. AgMarket.net is up next. At United Animal Health, we all share a love for animals. We have devoted our lives to agriculture and to the well-being and productivity of animals. With our guiding principle to always have the best answer, we listen to the animal and let the animal tell us what works and what doesn't. We know that if the animal is healthy and productive, so is the producer, the consumer, and our communities. Learn more at unitedanh.com. Join us in Orlando at the 2024 NCBA Cattle Convention. Don't miss U.S. Farm Report host Tyne Morgan's live taping with industry experts February 1st at noon. Be part of the live audience at the Chuck Wagon Cafe number one. Welcome back to Anchor Talk. I'm Chip. Glad that you're with us on a Wednesday afternoon. Um, a couple of things have happened. We got the cattle inventory report out, the the inventory as of January 1. We also had the Fed action uh, announced, or Fed inaction announced. Fed decided to keep interest rates steady. That announcement was at 1 o'clock. And I think, I think Powell, eh, I think Powell is down, done speaking. And we do have a little pressure on the equities trade. And it seems to be building up. Uh, when we were talking with Bubba, the Dow was off like just less than half a percent. It's now down six-tenths of a percent. So the momentum is, is building a bit to the downside, in the at least in the Dow, as we get closer to the end of trade. Okay, let's get to today's guest, Robin Schmall, Ag Market. Robin, it's great to talk with you again, my friend. How are you? Well, I'm doing fine, enjoying this weather, but... I don't know. It just seems like it's it's not right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if this ain't right, I don't want to be wrong. Okay. <laughs> uh, it just uh, it is absolutely amazing the kind of weather that we've got right now. And hey, yeah, I understand it's a bit sloppy uh, going through the the January and soon to be February thaw, <clears throat> but I think we'll take the sloppy for. You know, instead of the sub-zero temps. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Okay. We had that cattle inventory report out at the top of the hour. Did you get a chance to take a look at it? Yeah, I took a look at it briefly. Um, You know, (laughs) to me, it looks almost like it's a neutral report. Yeah. I mean, we had, uh, you know, all cattle and calves down 2%. 
really the average estimate was 98.2 or down uh, 1.8%. So I don't know, not a big surprise there. Total cows and heifers calved down 2%. That's what they were looking for. Um, maybe the, the calf crop was a little bit more negative relative to what they were looking for. Uh, okay. 33 million came in at 33.593 million. So maybe that's a little negative to the to the market. And um, on the dairies cattle side on that inventory report, basically continues to show us the lower ratio of half replacement heifers to cows. They came in at 43.2%. That's the lowest January ratio for replacement heifers to milk cows. Uh, and this is January, because January is always a little different than the July report. But when you're looking back at January, it's the lowest uh, milk cow to heifer relationship or ratio, I should say, since January 1998. Really? Yeah. Mm. Um, that That must be telling us something about the economic conditions out there. Well... <laughs> Yes and no. <laughs> um, part, well, yeah, it is. I should say that because um, we are seeing a tighter heifer supply, and yeah. we've been seeing that for a while. And at auctions, there uh, at least a tighter heifers for milk for the milking herd. Um, prices are really high at auctions, um, and part of that, as I've said it before, and I think most people can concur, we've had a big push for beef on dairy. And yep. Uh, yep. so it's been reducing some of the available uh, replacements and that's yep. showing up in the last, let's say, year, year and a half as far as the availability of heifers for for dairy producers. Yep. So that's not surprising. It was anticipated. Um, but, boy, we got low milk prices. We got high replacement prices. So <laughs> that's that's not looking very good. Right. Right. Yeah. You, you know, the the as you said, th this tightening of of dairy heifer supplies because of beef on dairy, that was it was expected. I don't know exactly how it's going to play out, though, going forward, because the the combination of the, the how you just described it, cheap milk and high priced heifers financially, economically, you know, it it just doesn't make a lot of sense, Robin. How long can that play out like that? Well, yeah, as long as the demand is there, I guess it'll it'll continue on going. But you know, there is going to be a, a level where you know it's it's going to not be feasible to do it. So then that's when we could start seeing a, a tightening of milk production, which that would then translate into higher milk prices eventually and then we start that whole cycle back over again right right okay okay it, it, that that was a good catch in that cattle inventory report anything else the the steers 500 pounds uh and up i don't think there was too much of a surprise there was there no no that yeah. was pretty close yeah. what they were looking at too i mean you know, I think with the, if you want to make a comparison back when we are looking at the cattle on calves, you know, and the amount of them that are there, basically it's the lowest uh, they've they've been, which was anticipated and, and known from before 
uh, lowest level basically back to 1951. <laughs> um, but we've, we've, I mean, that's been in the market already for, yeah. for a while. So that's why I said, you know, a lot of this stuff has been anticipated already. So yep. I don't, um, I don't know if it's going to be uh, yeah. any barn burning trade coming in based off of this report right now. Yeah. Tight, tight supplies are not a surprise to this market, but once the market uh, turns that corner and decides that it's going to be time to, to build, uh, to rebuild that beef herd, that's, that's the next piece of news that we're waiting for, isn't it? Yeah, that's what we're waiting for. Uh, any kind of indication based on that? I know we can't go into the into the warehouse and find a bag of heifer seed, uh, <laughs> or or that we can you know water, and all of a sudden we got more heifers that we can turn into cows that'll produce more calves. But um, the it's it, it's that's what the market is waiting for. Yes, right yep. now it looks like there's still going to be a contraction. Uh, of the of the of the female market at this point in time we haven't turned that corner yet right gotcha okay okay so uh, how does this all play out and t and take it into the january milk production report that was out here recently what did you see in that report that that might have an influence on milk prices going forward well uh, probably the biggest thing is the cow numbers um you know I mean, we're down lower than we were a year before um, on the U.S., down 39,000 head of cows. But when we didn't, we only saw in the in the December report, we only saw cow numbers from the previous month down 1,000 head. Okay. And then we saw, you coupled that with the livestock slaughter report that showed the lowest um, slaughter on a monthly basis since I believe it was... Um, May of 2021, uh, it's it, we're retaining cattle. Um, they're not going to slaughter as much as we had anticipated because producers want to want to keep the barns full. Tighter heifer market. You know, these cows aren't going to slaughter. They're moving from farm to farm. And that could potentially prolong the lower milk prices because we're not seeing what we saw in 2021 where we saw a number of months with heavy cattle slaughter that pushed that milk price to record high. Right. We haven't seen that. We we've seen some slaughter, but we haven't seen that decrease and the and the or or in, uh, decrease in cow numbers or the higher slaughter numbers than we saw back there. So right now, uh, that's that's the negative cloud hanging over that market. Yeah. Okay. So what's it all done to? to milk production then I, are we seeing any increases in efficiency to offset that well you know production was down uh 0.3% in the country in december when we take a look at the market as a whole on a per, uh percentage basis change from the previous year the first half of the year we were up 0.7% second half of the year we were down 0.6% so basically neutral um, from the previous year, okay. as far as uh, production was concerned, so you know we're on par. So yeah. uh, I don't think that it's going to take a little while in order to turn that train to move higher, uh, especially with our our current demand situation, which is steady, um, and uh, exports have been suffering, primarily in the butterfat market. 
cheese okay. in November, we saw some stronger exports, but still for the year, uh, it's been below. All right. Well, I want to dig in more to the demand side of the market, those dairy exports, uh, what we've got sitting for butter and, 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 and cheese demand in the country. And it's big time of the year for cheese demand. We got the Super Bowl coming up in just, you know, like 10 days. It's That's a big weekend for cheese demand. Are we ready for it? We're talking with Robin Schmall, agmarket.net. Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes. Where March hard red winter wheat futures were eight and three quarter cents lower, six twenty-two. March SRW wheat down ten and one quarter cents to five ninety-five and a quarter. March corn futures were a half penny higher, four forty-eight and one quarter. May corn slipped one quarter of one cent to four fifty-eight and one half. March soybean futures were three and one half cents higher at twelve twenty-two and a quarter. May beans up a nickel, 1232 and three quarters. March cotton, 39 points higher at 85.17. On your livestock, April live cattle were $1.05 lower at 180.70. March feeder futures down 117 and a half to 240.15. April lean hog futures, seven and one half cents lower, 84.82 and a half. Get more market news every market day. Visit triprofarmer.com. At United Animal Health, we all share a love for animals. We have devoted our lives to agriculture and to the well-being and productivity of animals. With our guiding principle to always have the best answer, we listen to the animal and let the animal tell us what works and what doesn't. We know that if the animal is healthy and productive, so is the producer, the consumer, and our communities. Learn more at unitedanh.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Knowledge is power. We're here to charge your batteries. AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. We are in the middle of a conversation with today's guest analyst, Robin Schmall from agmarket.net. Robin, we've been... uh, we talked about the supply side of the market there in the last segment, and you were just getting to some of the demand side of the the dairy market there at the end of the last segment. Let's dig into it a little bit more. This is it. Isn't it the biggest cheese consumption weekend of the year coming up? Oh, uh, yeah. If you want to condense it down to a weekend, yeah, <laughs> it is. Um um, I, you know, I don't know the, the the extent of the volume and everything that they look at, right. but um, you know, right now, if you if you take a look at inventory and stuff, and and what's we're we're hearing out in the country and the cheese production, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's there. So it's not like we're going to yeah. see any kind of a real shortage or anything. But it, it's just it'll just be good to keep inventory from building. Gotcha, gotcha. So what is the cheese? cheese side of the equation doing for milk prices right now well it's 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 supported them just to a little bit uh we have seen cheese move up um slightly over the last two weeks and uh that has supported class three futures was a court direct correlation to 
to the cheese price. Um, but yet traders are still cautious on that. When we look at the volume or the amount of the increase in cheese relative to what the futures have done, there hasn't been a strong correlation or at least not a correlation where they put premium back into the market. Now, the last two days, we saw a little bit of softening in class threes. We had some mixed trade in cheese. Um, the one thing in that whole complex, I call it the quiet market, uh, as far as a class three mover, is dry whey. Now, dry whey moved over the last three weeks. It has moved up and pushed today to the highest level at 47 cents. It has been since September 15th, 2022. Wow. Okay. And where's that demand coming from? Is that an export market for us or what? Yeah, gen yeah mostly the export market, yeah, is yeah. good demand for dry way. Yeah, it, and usually when I hear when I think about demand for dry way, it it's uh it's coming from China. Is that the source? Yep, that's a lot of it. Uh Asian countries. I mean, we looked at whey protein concentrate. Uh -huh. In um in the last report for November for exports, um the plus 80 percent on the whey protein concentrate protein that was up it jumped thirty seven point three percent, uh just in that month from the previous year. So that's carrying the ball and really on the dry wayside, it's an important factor as far as calculation in the class three price. It doesn't have much to do with class four, but class four has been supported by the butter price, which has been significantly shown some significant strength over the last last two weeks. Okay. What's behind that? Well, <laughs> I think it's mostly perception, um, you know, of, of maybe some better demand, um, maybe, okay. maybe prices moving higher. So it brings more buyers off the sidelines to leapfrog. It certainly isn't um, export demand because in November our our exports for butter fell sixty eight point nine percent from the previous year, with year to date exports down forty nine point eight percent. So the last two year and a half, butter really has been struggling as far as export market is concerned. So most of this is really coming from domestic side. Yeah. Well, it it, it and I don't have a big sample to pull from on this. But uh, there's a couple of things that I look at when I go into a grocery store in any part of the country. And uh, what, what I look for is how they position meat and beef. And I also look to see how butter is positioned. And butter, like I said, it's a small sample. But they're putting it in front of the consumers. I mean, right in front of the consumers at the grocery, at the retail level. And that's that's got to be helping out to a certain degree, I would think. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you know, and if you think back of it, um, not that many years ago, what was the big, maybe I missed more than years, maybe I'm going to date myself here, but um, <laughs> we, what was the big push on, on advertising on TV and everything? It was margarine. Yeah. And and butter fat was, butter was no good for you and everything. You don't see that now. No. And and the big switch to the consumer has been over to the actual butter. So you got some of the fast food restaurants uh, switched over to that. Of course, the, the better restaurants have always used butter. So you've seen demand coming from there. You've seen more of the increase in demand from their general consumer themselves. And historically, butter has always been a lost leader for the stores. 
And yeah. that's why they promote it to get people in the stores. Maybe not quite as prominent right now, but like you said, they're putting it in front of the consumer because the consumer wants butter. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. Okay. Talk to me about the structure of the class three market. As you look at it right now, February at 1611, March 1684, you get that price increase all the way out to June at 1791. Does the structure of the market make sense to you? Based on where we are right now with milk production and, uh, you know, cow numbers, production per cow, yeah, probably looks about right. Uh, obviously, we'd all like to see it a lot higher. Yeah. But we're seeing the lower prices here, and we're still hearing of expansions taking place some of these expansions hunting for heifers and and herds that they can buy so when some go out of business those herds are being used so um cash flow is tight or non-existent but there's a determination there to produce milk and so in the current market environment right now sad to say it does look about right okay all right. The expansion that you mentioned, is is a lot of that happening in, in the Dakotas? No. No? All over the place. Oh. We've got, we've got, we've got, I know of a number of expansions right here in my area in Wisconsin that have happened recently. And uh, they're looking for animals to put them through or put into them. And, um, you know, so it's, it's happening in different areas. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> why, why the expansion? <laughs> because, because we, we want to produce milk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a former dairy farmer, you know, that was our goal. I mean, we, we want to do the best we can with cows. We want to, we want to produce the best milk we can. We want to feed them the best we can. And that's our nature, and that's what we want to do. So, in essence, we're our own worst enemy, but not really because that's business. That's yeah. that's the business we're in, and that's that's um, yep. you know the the what we what we should be doing as a business. Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. Okay. So, risk management in the market. It 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 when when we're talking about a seventeen dollar a hundred weight market is that a market that we need to be establishing some downside price protection in yeah i think there you need to be done putting some downside price protection in there maybe going out you know a little bit into the maybe second half of the year right now and and, and or you know a little bit maybe into into spring flush time frame of april may's but you, whatever you need to do, you need to be looking at it with the flexibility of putting a floor and not an upside, uh, not limiting your upside. So right. the dairy revenue protection, you know, I would I'm focusing on that on second or not second, third and fourth quarter out. Um, put option strategies up front, put up or put options, put option strategies as you move a little bit further out. I don't recommend forward contracting with the plant. I don't really recommend futures right now because um, you want, especially with these low prices, we want to keep our upside open. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case we can get some kind of a a bump to the upside, whether it's a demand pull or supply issue down the line. Okay. Uh, Robin, 
I've been wondering this, and I, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, when I look at the different farm groups out there and the delay in the the, the negotiation, the, the writing, passing of the farm bill, I got to think that there's probably no group more anxious than the dairy guys to get this farm bill done. And, and, and I'm thinking about, you know, reworking the, the federal milk market order. Am I, am I on track on this? Yeah. You know, back in, in um, 2018, when they switched over from the, the higher of to the blend price, yeah. then that was the whole rage. They pushed for that. Now they're pushing back to the higher of again, right? which will be more beneficial. Um, the finishing the farm bill, or, or incorporating into it at least, you know, are they going to open up the dairy margin coverage uh, volume to 7 million right. pounds or 8 million pounds? Uh, we don't have that in place right now. So right. Uh, the ag prices report coming out today, you know, that's for December. So, okay, that finishes the year. So until they open that up for signing, you know, there's going to be no potential DMC payments and they'll be made retroactive, but that's not unusual. That happens mostly. Um, yeah. But yeah, we need to get something done to know where we're at and yeah. um, and then go from there because it's, it's, it's dragging out. Yeah. Yeah. Farm Bureau is even suggesting we go ahead and push through the change in the, in the federal milk market order without the farm bill. So we'll, yeah. We'll have to see how that develops. Robin, it's always a great conversation with you, my friend. Thank you. All right. Yeah, say thank you, and uh, it's great uh, anytime. All right. Robin Schmall, likemarket.net. At United Animal Health, we all share a love for animals. We have devoted our lives to agriculture and to the well-being and productivity of animals. With our guiding principle to always have the best answer, we listen to the animal and let the animal tell us what works and what doesn't. We know that if the animal is healthy and productive, so is the producer, the consumer, and our communities. Learn more at unitedanh.com. Join us in Orlando at the 2024 NCBA Cattle Convention. Don't miss U.S. Farm Report host Tyne Morgan's live taping with industry experts February 1st at noon. Be part of the live audience at the Chuck Wagon Cafe number one. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Your pal Davis Michelson here with you, Flory. Yep. Last day of January, bro. You ready for yes. Feb? Huh? I, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, you don't have a whole lot of choice. Well, you do have a choice, but it's not a very good one. No, the alternative is not. No, not, uh, that's no, not what we're looking ideal. for. Yeah, yeah. No, and it no. does sound like if you gotta live through a February, we this here in the Midwest, work. we may have one for the books. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You know what? You're flashing me back. Uh-oh, here we go. Oh, wow. February 1983. Okay. My senior year of high school. Wow. Okay. Yes. Um, I, we had, we had just come off a devil of a January, uh, really bad. December and January, both were Mm -hmm. really bad. There was snow everywhere. 
And somehow, some way, we got into the 70s mm-hmm. in early February in 1983. And uh, I guess it should have been a warning that things were going to get wacky in 1983 because they certainly did. <laughs> they, mm-hmm. That was a crazy production year. Looked good right up until the 3rd of July, and then everything shut off. Really? Yeah. Well, huh. That's interesting. Yeah. I might so. make a note of that. Chip says the crop's going to be a disaster. <laughs> Mark it. Jan 31. Time okay. stamp it. Stamp it. Um, <laughs> I'm being silly here, but but no, I am writing it down in my notes here. We're going we're gonna to come back and revisit this if you're correct. Now, if you're okay. horribly, horribly wrong, which I hope that you are. It doesn't yes. happen often. It happens. Right. It happens. I'm, I'm, we won't mention it. Uh, okay. Thank you. Um, speaking of maybe being horribly, horribly right, yeah. or maybe not. Yeah. Uh, Bubba suggested the Martin suggested didn't say definitively, didn't call it. I'm not time stamping it. Yeah. He did say the market may be turning. I was quick to hop in there. I'm falling all over myself to say. I said it yesterday. Why wouldn't you do? Well, I don't know, dude. Because I, was I also just surprised you- to hear him say it. Well, yes, yes. Um, now, here's here's the setup. The the Dow, the S&P, the NASDAQ all lower today. Here's your crude oil contract, the WTI, $2 yeah. lower today. So we're, we're seeing money coming, leaving the, uh, the stock market, but it doesn't appear to be landing in earnest in the commodities, Chip. Right. I'm, I'm not seeing, I feel like we would see a pop in crude oil. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think you're probably right. Energies do tend to catch some of that wave. There's mm-hmm. there's no question about it. And like I said in the open, and it, the Dow is off almost 300, 285 points right now, mm-hmm. down 0.73%. Um, the, as, as I said in the open, there are days when fractional gains in corn feels like it, it was a, a big day. And yeah. today felt like... A big day just because we were trading lower at midday and somehow, some way found the buying to come into the market and get us a fractionally higher close. Soybeans, same kind of story. Wheat, same kind of story. So it's that recovery from the lows that helped. Now, could it have been tied to the Fed saying and and not just Jerome Powell, but the Fed in its statement that accompanied the announcement that interest rates, the Fed funds rate was going to be unchanged. Basically, it was saying that we like what we're seeing. We just need more confidence in what we're seeing before we're going to get too excited about cutting interest rates. And then in the comments later, after the grain markets had settled, so you can't really count this as potentially impacting the grains, but Powell came. Powell was saying he he was basically saying, yeah, we're still leaning towards cutting interest rates, but we got to, you know, cool your jets. It's not like we're going to take this thing down three quarters of a point or a point in the next three meetings. Um, it, it the the lean is still toward the the cut in interest rates and you know the the reporters were asking the fed 
Chairman Powell, they came at it from several different angles. But they were all asking him basically the same thing. And it's something that I asked uh, Vince Malangi yesterday. What do you need to see? Mm. What do you need to see mm-hmm. to be comfortable with the with cutting interest rates? Um, remember, Vince, Vince went to the employment situation. Yes, went to jobs. Went to jobs and said, listen, we need to see some deterioration of the jobs market. Mm-hmm. Powell really didn't go there. He mentioned it a bit, but when you got a jobs report coming out on Friday that could could change what you're saying today by 180 degrees, right? It's hard to say anything too definitive. Though it's wise to keep mum. Yes. Yeah, but he basically was saying we we're confident that inflation is slowed. We just need to see some more proof that it is going huh. to be sustained. And not transitory. Oh, jeez. I had to say it. <laughs> uh, Robin Schwal, basically for the dairy cats out there, put in a floor, uh, but leave the top side right. open. Right. That makes all the sense in the world to me. Uh, you got to protect against a, a catastrophic breakdown in the dairy mm-hmm. markets. But at the same time, if we can find some way, somehow to move this market to the upside you want to be on board and have the flexibility in your marketing plan to go along for the ride in a, in a price increase yeah. okay six to ten day february 6th through the 10th above normal temperatures expected over a lot of the country basically we're looking at everything east of the of the uh of the rocky mountains we're looking at above normal temperatures uh we are also looking at above normal precipitation across most of the Corn Belt, all the way over to the east to the center of Indiana. Real quickly, in the 8 to 14 day, this is for February 8th through the 14th, above normal temperatures sticking around, and above normal precip expected over all of the Corn Belt. Thank you so much for listening. Come back tomorrow morning. We've got Senator Roger Marshall from Kansas.